Welcome in. Final hour of the week here on 104.5 The Zone, at least for us. Happy to be here with you until 1 o'clock. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio will be here coming up next, and we will get into all the nuts and bolts of what we want to be watching tomorrow here in Tampa Bay. That's where I'm broadcasting live from. Our coverage of the Titans Joint Camp practices with the Buccaneers brought to you as always by Scoreboard Bar and Grill Sports Music, the world's largest selection of bushwhackers. Check it out, Scoreboard Bar and Grill in the Nashville area. If you want to get involved, 615-737-1045. What are you most looking forward to seeing? Who? Which players are you looking to see growth and development from uh, in this preseason game? I would assume that the starters would not play. I would tell you that the starters are probably, uh, will probably not play. Um, but certainly something that certainly something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, given how many Titans didn't get work against the Bucks this week. If you want to jump in on the call uh, on the uh, on the phone lines as well, you may do so because we've been talking about quarterback battles as well across the NFL. So let's do that and go to Scott, who's in Nashville, who's been waiting very patiently. Good morning, Scott. Hey, Buck, can you hear me? Sure can, buddy. Coming from you live from Old Hick Boat Slip, about to have a day. Uh, just a question for you. Oh, Are tan nice. suits appropriate for weddings that aren't on the beach? I'm going to a barn wedding in two weeks. And also, can we please return Louisville's banner after this Baylor stuff? Come on. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. 615-737-1045. So tan suits, uh, if you're going to a barn wedding, I mean, listen, it depends on, like, what shade of tan the suit is. And this isn't even Harrison who's called us to uh, ask us about engagement party etiquette, things of that nature. I would, listen, I have a, I have a tan suit. Um, I would, you know, if, if you look good in it, Rick, wear it. In fact, I just got a, I just got the first, what do you call it? Bespoke suits I've ever bought. Uh, two of them made my life. One is tan. The other is plum. So I would say, you know, whatever's your color, buddy, do you think? Uh, and then as far as, as far as returning, as far as returning, uh, the returning the banner to Louisville after what's happened at Baylor. I mean, both, both are ridiculous for a great many reasons, but I would say ultimately that the NCAA needs to just be disbanded. Now we've, we've already begun our campaign to defund the NFC East. I would now like to begin the campaign to defund the NCAA. We are a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of uh, societal norms need to be broken, but let's first start with the, the wretched, the worst division in football, and then, of course, the governing body of collegiate athletics that doesn't really do anything governing. They just sit there. Who do you want to watch in this preseason game tonight? I would love to hear from you. I've got some thoughts on this as well. Uh, a list of players that I saw do work this week, some guys that I didn't see get involved. But let's first start with Kayla, uh, with uh, John, who's in Franklin, who wants to see Caleb Farley get some work tonight. What's going on, John? What's up, fam? Hey, uh, good afternoon, Buck. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, you got the wrong show, man. I'm going to send that fan. I'm going to send that fan bleep right in the sun. You can't play that with me. <laughs> hey, uh, just curious. What are your thoughts? Are we going to see any of Caleb Farley at all, uh, this weekend? You know, I mean, I saw him all week, but I don't know about tomorrow. I really don't. Um, he's one of the guys on my list because Caleb Farley, listen, he had a, he had a, I think it probably it was probably a break even week for him against the Bucks, right? He looked fine. Uh, he looked, you know, all of the. Here's what I'll say: the biggest takeaway from the Caleb Farley stuff 
over the course of this week is that he does not look physically, athletically, or, you know, uh, movement-wise. He doesn't look limited at all from the back procedures that he's returned from. And it is so good. If you're looking for positives out of the last two days, more than anything, it's so good that both Caleb Farley and Bud Dupree have not missed a practice. Now, they haven't done full practices all the time, but since both were activated, one from NFI in the case of Caleb Farley and the other from PUP, they have both been through every practice since returning from their injuries. That's such a big win if you're somebody who's monitoring injured players in Tennessee. Now, on the offensive side, it's been a, a bleep show. But, you know, Rabel wouldn't, wouldn't speak to this yesterday, and I kind of understand why he does what he does about this. But for, for the head coach, he doesn't want to – even Ryan Tannehill, who I don't, I don't anticipate seeing any starters out there uh, tomorrow. And, and I don't know that for sure. I'm not reporting that. I just say keep your expectations low. I'm almost – I'm almost 95% sure it's going to be the Logan Woodside show. Um, given, you know, how, how little work the offensive did in the two practices, which matter vastly more than the preseason game. Farley, though, Vrabel doesn't want to rule any of them out because he thinks that it would lead to a, uh, you know, a lull in engagement, right? If you know that you're not going to be putting any work in prior to the game, then you're not going to be sharp. You're not going to be on your toes. And I get that from a coaching standpoint. But, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, yeah, Caleb Farley, he's not. Because the last time – now, here's what I'll say. The answer has changed from the last time that we asked Mike about this before Atlanta. Because before Atlanta, it was just Caleb's not ready yet. Today, or I guess yesterday when we asked Rabel about it, it was more in line with, well, um, you know, we're just not ruling anybody out at this point. And I'm paraphrasing there. But that was the theme so far. 615-737. 1045. What are you most looking for? Who are you most looking forward to watching? Who do you need to see growth and improvement from in tomorrow's preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that you can hear, of course, on 1045 The Zone? Titans Radio's coach Dave McGinnis will join us coming up next, by the way, and we'll get into this with Mac in greater detail. Let's go to Ryan, who's in Lebanon, who has a question about the Titans. What's up, Ryan? Hey, guys. How's it going? Love the show. Thank you. I want to talk about the offensive coordinator. Um, how is he going to call the football game on Saturday? Is he going to call it like Tannehill's in there or Woodside? Uh, also, I'm, uh, I want to see ASAP Ferk, uh, see what he's going to do uh, this year for us. I'd love to see him out there a little bit more uh, Saturday. Look, happy Friday, guys. Hey, happy Friday to you, uh, Ryan. Thank you so much for the call. 615-737-1045. Calls have been great today, by the way. Um, so... You know, how Todd, how Todd Downing is going to call the game, it's, it's not, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, right? Like, the game plan, I mean, there's not necessarily a game plan for these preseason games. Like, there will be packages that they have installed. It's really more about can the players, quarterback, execute the call from the offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, can he execute at the line? Can he set the protections? Can he get the guys lined up where they need to be lined up? And then from the standpoint of the other players on the field with him on the offensive side of the football, you know, can Des- guys like Des Fitzpatrick, who have been under some heat, not just by us in the media, um, but certainly by the coaching staff, because I don't think they like him very much, Luke, <laughs> which puts John Robinson in an awkward position, because I, I don't think they're fans of Des Fitzpatrick, or at least the way that he's, uh, he's going about his business right now, which, you know, it's... 
you know, we, that's a conversation for another day. But like they're just looking to see how they execute from a basic standpoint. It's not it's not a game plan game. They are not strategizing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in real life. They're not strategizing for a Todd Bowles defense. They're strategizing for themselves. Okay, how can we implement in a live game situation reps that we've practiced on the field, play calls that we've practiced on the field, how guys get uh, you know, how guys get lined up, how you set protection, how you pay attention to the difference in your protection from a if you're a quarterback from a three-step drop to a five-step drop to a seven-step drop. Are you operating efficiently within the scope of a very, very much pared down offense? Now, listen, DPs threw a lot at Logan Woodside last week. Like there were blitzes coming from all over the place. He sent a safety straight into Logan Woodside's forehead in the middle of that game. And that's a good lesson for Logan Woodside to get rid of the football. But uh, more than anything, more than anything, it's about the execution, the mechanics and the, the, the finer points, the nuances of each position and how it's coached. Now, Ferkser, Anthony Ferkser is a fascination to me because Anthony Ferkser is another player that I want to see more strong performances from. This is a tight end group that is very, very much unknown. Jeff Swaim has been out of the picture at this point for several, several weeks now. Luke Stocker was brought in to help bolster that depth. He's a player who this team is intimately familiar with. But Anthony Ferkser's role within this offense remains a fascination because of how he is going to need to take advantage of one-on-one matchups that are created. How does he work against linebackers over the middle when Julio Jones or A.J. Brown are receiving double coverage because defenses are going to have to account for them that way? How does he further his craft from not just being a glorified slot receiver but turning into a more fuller version of the tight end position is it necessary for him to do that because I don't necessarily know that it is what I want what I am looking forward to most and what I need to see from him still there's you've seen him get a lot of good work throughout the course of the last couple weeks in training camp but as it was pointed out to me yesterday this offense on the whole hasn't practiced together once in its fully formed version whether it be the offensive line, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and ASAP Ferk, as it was described. They haven't worked together in a practice yet altogether because of the way that injuries have kind of staggered things and maintenance days have come into play. Ferkser has a lot to prove, and his opportunity to prove it is coming up very, very soon. Preseason games matter for for a guy like that. We'll come back and we'll talk about it with Coach Dave McGinnis on the other side of Titans Radio. Of course, this is your flagship home for Titans Radio, where you can hear the game between the Titans and the Bucks. That and much more coming up in the final hour of the show presented by Scoreboard Bar and Grill live from Tampa Bay. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back in 104.5 The Zone broadcasting live from Tampa Bay. Our coverage presented by Scoreboard Bar and Grill. You need to go check it out if you haven't been, man. They are the best without question. Sports, music, the world's largest selection of bushwhackers. I don't know. I, I can't I can't sell it to you any better than that. Any better than they can sell it to you themselves. So go check them out. Scoreboard Bar and Grill in Nashville uh, that has been making our road coverage possible for these last couple of 
preseason games. That music means, though, however, that the head coach of Titans Radio is joining us, as always, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans, Coach Dave McGinnis, uh, who is brought to us by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans is like an extra set of pads when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Mac, what are you doing on your off day? Because I know you're taking advantage of this beautiful weather we got in Tampa. Yeah, it's uh, it's not an off day. I mean, we're still we're still getting ready for this. We did a podcast this morning. We had broadcast meetings. I mean, we're uh, we're still working, trying to put this thing together so that we can bring the best product available to uh, you know to our listeners tomorrow. So we're still working a little bit, Buck, uh, just like we've been working all week uh, with you at those at those practices. So it's been a it's been a good trip. It's been a, a very productive trip, and uh, I've enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, as I know you are. Absolutely. And of course, you can hear Titans Radio's coverage right here on 104.5 The Zone kickoff at 630. Of course, the countdown to kickoff will begin far before then. Coach Mack and Mike Keith on the call, along with all of the great Titans Radio crew, Rep. Brian, Philip Noel, uh, Brad Willis and Amy Wells making it all happen from down here in Tampa Bay. So, Mac, th- these two days of joint work um, against the Bucks, there was not a ton of. There were a handful of Titans that were held out of it for a variety of different reasons. The health is at the utmost importance, of course, at this time of year. They're just trying to get everybody to the regular season. But what did you kind of take away uh, from these last two days, seeing them get, seeing the Titans get some work against the defending Super Bowl champions? Yeah, Buck, you know, when I was uh, all of my years coaching in the league, I probably did these joint practices probably seven or eight times. And I I always really, I always really, they were very valuable. They're very valuable for two things. They're valuable for your younger players because now they get a chance to go against somebody else in a different colored jersey because there's some familiarity that goes with practicing against your own people a lot. And it gives your veteran players a chance to challenge themselves against better veteran players. I mean, that's the key to it. And the other thing that's key to this uh, when you're working against somebody, uh, when you've got two staffs that are very compatible, which these two are. When I first got there, I went and talked with Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and those guys, and they were very uh, much looking forward to working you know, with Mike Grable and his staff because you've got two veteran staffs that understand what this is about so that you can script things that you want to see offensively, defensively, and the special teams periods, which are very big for these guys that are trying to make this team. I really enjoyed both days of work. Uh, I think it, that you had a lot of give and take on both sides. Uh, you know, it, it's not necessarily uh, who wins the day. You know, of course, people like to, to, to phrase it as that. But you, you, you want to see what you want to see, the things you want to work on. You want to see how really your younger players step up to the challenge. And then you want to see your veteran players, you know, sharpening what they're doing against veteran players. I thought it was a very, very productive, very predictive that the second day, starting with the gunner drill, which has always been the case since I've been doing this, is the one that's going to get everybody riled up and revved up. And yeah. plus, because it was 212 degrees out there on the field, everybody was a little testy that second day. Oh, my God. I mean, you, you can't call them full-on fights, but certainly – five different instances throughout the course of Thursday's practice where a Titans player got into it with a, uh, with a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, the temperatures were not the only thing that were running hot yesterday uh, out there on the practice field. So, so let's start with the secondary Mac. Cause they did, 
you know, we're, we're not here to do winners and losers off joint training camp practices, as you said, but that's basically what sports talk radio is. So I looked at, I looked at that, that first day for this Titans defense, particularly the secondary against Tom Brady, three different uh, three different members of the secondary, three different defensive backs getting interceptions off of him. And the way that Brady uh, spoke about the disguise and coverages that the Titans like to use really, really stood out. How were you seeing that come into play, basic, especially off that first day of practice? And how did you see Brady kind of rebound in the second day of work? Because he looked a lot cleaner on that Thursday. Well, um, Brady's going to be clean. I mean, you come I mean, yeah. come on. But the, yeah. the thing about it, the thing about it was, is when you go into it, the thing that I liked, and again, as I say, this is very important that you have these two staffs that are very compatible, that understand yeah. what you're going to be working on. And you understand this too. None of this film goes out anywhere else. That's the yeah. other agreement that you make, you know, when you, when you come together like this. And, and so, you know, we talk about the dust-ups at practices, and I'm going to answer your question in a minute, but it's much sure. more productive than, like, say, what went on against the Rams and the Raiders, where they had to cancel completely the practice because they were fighting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when you've got two staffs that have control of their teams and are willing to work uh, compatible together, then you're able to work on some things and show some things. And, and, and the Titans uh, secondary and their defense, they were using, you know, they did not use any bogeys or disguises in their first at Atlanta game. They were working on some of those, which you have seen at practice. They've worked, they work on all year, right? I mean, yeah. all preseason, uh, you know, in, in the practices and, and the times that, that we're standing out there being able to watch training camp. And so they put some of those in and, and it was, it was, it was effective. And, and Tom Brady was just being very honest with it, as is, you know, and you watch Todd Bowles' defense. I mean, I know you watched both sides of it. Uh, Todd, Todd Bowles was bringing a lot, of, a lot of pressure. He was bringing more than four-man pressure, you know, during the session, which is what, uh, you know, they had scripted and they wanted from both sides. So mm-hmm. what, I, what I will say with this is what I really wanted to see, and, I, I, you know, because you got your first look at, at Caleb Farley, you know, going, you know, in, in extended one-on-one periods and extended seven-on-seven periods. Elijah Bolden, we got to see him, you know, we got to see him a little bit, you know, quite a bit uh, in that slot. Uh, and, and the interceptions are nice, but what I like to look about look at, Buck, when I'm watching the young secondary guys going against quality competition is positioning and how much poise they have at the catch point, all of those types of things. And, and plus, I like to see how they react after getting beat, and you're going to get beat. You know, right. one on ones, especially when you're going against this group. So I thought it was, I thought it was excellent, excellent work. There's so many teaching moments that you can take from these two sessions that I mean, you will be going over. They will be going over those films for a while because it's great work and it's great emphasis work on. See, look, you did this because your technique was solid. You did this because you panicked a little bit. It's great learning experiences as a young player when you when you work against another team in an environment like this. You're going to come away with some marks on you. You're going to come away and get some marks. But if you learn from those marks, it can accelerate your learning curve pretty quickly. I thought it was so cool. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Mac, I I stayed mostly with the Titans side of things. Of course, they were working out between both of these teams throughout the course of these practices. But just based on, you know, the team that I cover and the, the information that fans back at home want the most to be delivered to them on social media. So that's kind of where I gravitated. I thought it was so cool to see Mike Vrabel definitely chirping at a lot of the Bucks players, but after plays, 
he was giving them as many coaching points as he was his own players. I thought that was something that maybe it may not be unique. It's just something that I observed based on the work that they were getting out there and how, how much he just can't help himself. It seems from coaching up, coaching up these guys. Well, at first, look, Mike Brable is very well respected throughout this league. Okay. First of all, I mean, he's a three-time world champion and he was a dude on those teams. All right. Just like Tom Brady was. So that, that, that garners you immediate respect. Both of these head coaches are highly respected by players throughout the league. By players throughout the league, both of these coaches, head coaches, are highly respected, you know, as are their staff, just because they know they do it the right way. And so, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And, you know, what we did, what we did as Titans Radio, Mike Keith had us watch the defense the first day, and then mm-hmm. we, watched, we, 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 watched, we watched the offense the second day because as much as is going on, you know, there's a lot of sensory overload if you just come to watch because it's going on simultaneously on two fields, you know, right. that, are, that are apart. You know, and they, they have, you know, a, a beautiful setup there at, at Tampa. So that's the way that we watched it. And so we were able to concentrate on, on people, you know, and, and I can and, – and I've had people ask me, well, if you come to these things, you know, what should you do? And I said, you need to come with a very distinct idea of, of individuals that you want to watch and then focus on that because, as you well know, Buck, and you, you can attest, and I'm sure you've already told all of your listeners, I mean, there's a lot going on at these practices. Yeah, I mean, it, it, your sensory overload is such a great way to put it, Mac, because I feel like, you know, I was watching so much of it, and then I'd go back and read everybody's, you know, just to kind of cross-check my own information, right. go back and read everybody else's observation, be like, I had no idea sure. any of that was going on, because it was on a completely different field. But from, from that stand, and this is what makes Titans Radio such a fantastic operation, how buttoned up Mike Keith and you guys are about the way that you're judicious about how you spend your time. Uh, of course, Titans Radio broadcasting on Saturday from Tampa Bay, between the Titans and the Bucks, uh, Mac, I, I want to kind of circle back to Caleb Farley. Um, okay. And then we, we can also talk about Elijah Molden as well. But Farley, I thought, you know, things kind of evened out for him over the course of the day, of the two days of work that he got. He had a really nice breakup on Mike Evans. You saw the recovery speed. You saw the length that, you, that makes him such so uncommon at the position, the fluidity of motion, as we've talked about before. And then, you know, a lot of because it may be the best collection of skill position talent in the NFL right now on the Bucks. There were a couple guys that got him in those one-on-one drills that are obviously skewed towards the offense anyway. You understand that. But where I see him, Mac, you know, beat, get beat, not with regularity, but enough that it kind of caught my attention was on in-breaking routes as the outside corner. And I'm wondering if you can kind of diagnose for the audience whether that was your observation as well and what kind of stood out about those plays in particular. Well, and what you've got to put into context, Buck, uh, when you're watching those types of things is what man-to-man defense they're working on at the time okay if you're yeah. if you're working on a, if you're working on a man-free defense with the middle of the field closed then you're going to have an outside attitude and you're going to have a low low hole rat player underneath on those routes you know what i'm saying yeah now, if you're working if you're working on five under two deep and you're supposed to take the inside away then you're going to drop down with an inside attitude and if you're getting beat inside on those that's not good because then an inside route's got to go over the top of you knowing that you have help over the top so a lot of times, you know, when you're calling defenses in those types of in those types of periods, you know, you're saying, okay, this time we're in man, I want you in one. This time you're we're in man, I want you in one rat. This time we're in man, I want you in zero. This time we're in man, I want you I want you five under two deep. So you've got to understand or or know what they are working on at that point. 
Okay. Right. So the thing, the thing that you look at when you're watching, and especially one-on-one, and you correctly said this, it's all skewed to the offense. One-on-one is because you, you know you, you've got you've got nothing in the middle impairing anything. You've got no rush. Now, now, Bruce Arians and Mike Vrabel run their seven-on-sevens very well because they put a clock. They put a clock on the quarterback. Right. But to you know, to your point, Caleb Farley's still learning how to play the position. I mean, he really is. I mean, and plus at the at the National Football League level, this was the most extensive work that he had. I thought he did fine, and he yes, he got beat some because guess who Mike Evans is going to beat? A lot of people. A right? lot but of people. You've got to get you've got to you've got to get out there and challenge yourself. That's what you have to do, and that's what I watch with younger players, and that's what I used to counsel younger players on when I was coaching when we were going into this type of environment. Challenge yourself. Do not do not play with the seatbelt on when you're going one on ones. Put your heels on the edge of the cliff and challenge yourself. So that way we can know you know where we need to move and improve. So I like what they did. Oh, and and certainly the the way that you know because I you, you're as much looking at least from my standpoint you're as much looking for like how they respond after each individual play. You know what the body language kind of looks like, and I thought that he responded. Speaking of Caleb Farley really, really well to the opportunities that he got and the work that he was getting in against such a talented collection of skill position players. Speaking of, of counseling younger guys, Mac, that, that seems to be a lot of the theme around Des Fitzpatrick, the fourth-round wide receiver on this team right now, and, and kind of the, the amount of different positions he's being asked to learn all three for this team, understanding that he's not necessarily going to be forced into action unless there's, a, there's some kind of injury, God forbid, knock on wood, all these things, but in a situation like Des Fitzpatrick, uh, what you're what you're saying there kind of hit me because he does seem like he does need a little bit of counseling right now, and and even I guess Mac, are you seeing are you seeing him kind of grow and develop from a week ago basically when his head coach kind of challenged him at the podium and says I need to see a lot more from this dude for him to be able to earn more preseason reps. Well, I and mean, he's got to take that to heart. You know, because Mike Vrabel doesn't say things like that just to say them. I mean, and again, Mike Vrabel was a very accomplished player in this league. He knows what he's talking about when he's talking about a player as to where they are. And and, and Des Fitzpatrick, I mean, has got one of the best – Rob Moore is one of the best coaches he could ever have. I mean, I you know, Rob played for me. I know who Rob Moore is. So, anyway, a lot of people, uh, you know, come into and and get up to speed in the National Football League at different speeds. And so – but Des Fitzpatrick has to take – all of this, he has to take all of this to heart, and he has to take all of all of this uh, uh, advice, and he has to also take all of these observations and understand. Look, you're you're not playing football now, just to play football. You're playing football for your job, and yeah. so that's you know what he needs to understand. And I think that's kind of what Mike Vrabel was trying to tell him. Look, I mean. It, it just goes back to the old adage, and I know our listeners have heard me say this many a time, and it's true. It was true 100 years ago when this league started, and it's true today. It was true 35 years ago when I first came into the league. It's true today. Every day is an interview. Every day yeah. is an interview. That's why the mental aspect and the grind of this game is, is both mental and physical, and you've got to embrace it. Coach Dave McGinnis to Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone on the call with Mike Keith and the crew tomorrow down here live from Tampa Bay when the Titans square off against the Buccaneers in this preseason game. So, Mac, I know there's a million different storylines that you guys are having to track because of the amount of players on rosters right now in the preseason game. But who, if if you can single out for the audience a couple of players who you're looking to see growth and development from 
from a technical standpoint, from game one against Atlanta to game two tomorrow, who are you kind of honing in on? Well, I mean, I, I, I honed in on Dylan Ravens, you know, in, yeah. in this in, in this this whole session, and I really liked it because, as I said, you know, Mike, you know, Mike had decided for us that, as I've already said previously, we were watching defense first and second day. You know, we we honed in on the offense, and then and then specifically, you know, I, I honed in on Dylan Ravens to watch him, and I really, you know, I, the, the first the first inside run drill they had, they were backed up to us with the offenses back to us on about the five yard line going out, which means we were in the end zone you know where we all watched it from and right. about 15 yards from us and so they line up for the first outside zone run and mike and mike keith goes back look who he's lined up and it's in dominican sue and i went great that's good that's perfect <laughs> yeah because that's what you need because look he's never seen anybody on a practice field you know other than big jeff like in dominican sue but that's on another team and so they ran an outside zone and 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 and, and you know the back was able to bounce outside and he he made a nice block I know I'm not saying he, you know, I'm not saying he drove him out of the back of the uh, the other end zone, or I'm not saying he pancaked him or crushed him. He nice block, so he's yeah. getting better. I want to watch him because this guy, I think this guy is going to be a nice addition to to the to the offensive to the offensive line. But he's improved. He has improved, and the thing that 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 everybody needs to keep in mind, even you know, Dylan Ravens. I mean, he played one game last year against who Central Arkansas. Well, I'm not sure he saw Indomitian Sue at Central Arkansas. I mean, I'm just guessing. And then the uh, <laughs> and so to me, he played one game, and just like you know, Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley has not played tackle football since 2019. Okay, yeah. so it takes a little time to get back to get back into it. I'm also very interested in watching this running back. Uh, position because one and two are not going to play and so three four and five they move up to one two and three let's see who takes advantage of that let's see who takes advantage of that and then let's see what goes on to me at that tight end position behind first i'm interested in watching that too it's going to be fascinating to watch and certainly fascinating to listen to coach mac mike keith amy wells rhett bryan uh brad willis everybody who's responsible with Titans Radio and for Titans Radio, making it all happen tomorrow on the broadcast. Coach Mack, I appreciate your time as always. Uh, I know I know there are no off days for Coach Mack, but if you find a little time, Mack, I don't know if you're getting to the beach or maybe a, you know, a waterside bar or something like that, but you, you got you to take a break every once in a while, brother. You're working too hard. No, I don't. I, I'm I'm really not working that hard. The thing about it, Tampa, Tampa's a pretty cool city. We've been, you know, we've, we've, you know, I, of course, I've been here, you know, several times, you know, with the teams that I've been with. But when you're coaching, you never really get to get out. I mean, we've been we've been to some nice restaurants here. There's some nice places within, you know, pretty close walking distance of where we are, uh, where we're staying downtown. And so, yes, I mean, I, I've enjoyed it. I know that you've enjoyed it, too. I thought it was very productive. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you in the press box tomorrow, Buck. Uh, you sure as hell will. Coach Dave McGinnis presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Always good to catch up with the man in black. All right, we will come back and wrap up the show for the end of the week. Coming up next, presented by Scoreboard Bar and Grill, it's 104.5 The Zone, live from Tampa Bay. It makes me so happy, not just because it's the end of the work week, even though it's not really, but... I love a little Sunday service choir to wrap up the show. I, even though I protest and I rebuke in the name of Jesus, the word fam on this show, I love each and 
Thank you. Damn right. Caleb Farley, send it into the sun. I do appreciate each and every one of you who make this show possible, who make this show fun for me and Lucas to do. There is no show without this fantastic audience. Even if you're all a bunch of potheads with your comments on YouTube, <laughs> we'll do the poll questions here in just a second. Hey, some people took issue to that, by the way, in the chat. Who did? Uh, a bunch of our listeners, Far Sender, Karen O'Keefe. They're hey, we're not smoking pot. We're enjoying the show. Karen O, what's her, Karen O, what's her last name? Karen O'Keefe. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> don't let the vocal minority paint paint our listeners in a light they don't want to be painted in. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's plug a bunch of stuff before. Before we do polls, Lucas and Will Bowling are on the call. What time does the high school, 1045 The Zone high school game of the week begin, Lucas? And what time, where can people find you if they want to come say hi? What time can they hear your broadcast? Yeah, we'll be up in the press box at Montgomery Bell Academy. Game got moved. was supposed to be at Ravenwood initially. Uh, pre-game at 6, kickoff at 7, and then post-game Friday night finals until 11 o'clock on 104.5 The Zone. If you're out at a game, whether you're covering it as a fan, call in, give us a score. We're going to have a good time. Wall-to-wall coverage tonight. Indeed. And, of course, Titans radio pregame coverage will begin with me from 3 to 4.30 p.m. on Saturday, uh, the Lee Company countdown to kickoff. It's the first time we're doing it. We're going to do it before every Titans game. And then, of course, Blaine, Mickey, and Dyson lead you into Titans radio's coverage. And Jim Wyatt and I will have the pregame hit from the booth with Rhett Bryan before the game begins. All right, enough plugs. Polls. And the votes have been tallied. It's the segment where bias takes over and nuance goes to die. Now, here's your favorite Buck Rising Show daily correspondent, Lucas Polzika. What's the most interesting QB battle in the NFL? Drew Locke against Teddy Bridgewater with the Broncos. Cam against Mack with the Patriots. Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston with the Saints. Or Jimmy G and Trey Lance with the Niners. 46% say it is Cam Newton and Mac Jones. 29% say Taysom versus Jameis. 17% say Garoppolo versus Lance. Only 8% say Locke versus Bridgewater. Did have one reply. Dale Murray said Fields against Andy Dalton. Well, that's the funniest because Andy Dalton thinks he's QB1 still. He's been lied to by the Twitter account. Now he's believing his own hype. Um, but the, the funnier, up, the, actually, the, the, the more interesting one, honestly, is how they follow Drew Brees with both of these incompetents that I believe to be quarterbacks for the New Orleans Saints because I don't think either of them are any good. Love Jameis Winston, man. He's just a never-ending oh. trail of funny. Me too. He can air hump to techno music all he wants. It doesn't mean he's not going to be a terrible quarterback for the Saints for any of you who've seen that viral video going around. Is this Andy Dalton's time? Yes or no? 75% say no. 75% of the audience is correct. It is not Andy Dalton's time. Andy, Dal Andy Dalton's watch has ended with all those trips to the playoffs that they never won a game. Which Titans players need to show progress tomorrow against the Buccaneers? Puka says Fitz coming up on his last chance. Introvert says is Caleb Farley playing? Not that I need to see progress from him. Just wondering which we do not know. Troy says, I'd like to see McMath and Dez make some big plays. Um, <laughs> at Snap Off then says, his name rise with Pez Blitzpatrick. Yeah, I just don't think he's going to, I mean, I don't think he's going to play that early. Like, I think it's going to be another situation where him and, I mean, Racing McMath has not been, not been anything special either. So he better be special teams God because like wide receiver, he ain't cutting it. And this team is already heavy on the numbers. If they keep, uh, if they keep him, it's going to be because he needs to play special teams. Right, no, right now, 
Nick Westbrook Akita, who people are like rooting against in a weird way. I'm surprised by. Um, he's been fine. He's better than the other two options. So uh, I just I would not anticipate either of those two, Des Fitzpatrick or Racy McMath, getting snaps over the rest of the wide receiver group at this point. Will Pac-Man Jones be better as a boxer than as a oh. corner? 86% say no. Puka says neither. This is a bad idea. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Pac-Man Jones. He's going to fight in Barstool's rough and rowdy. And I watched the preview. It's just some meathead dude from Boston yelling, I ain't scared of no bleeping corner. <laughs> Except this one, this corner actually threatened Jim Wyatt's life one time. So, you know, maybe, maybe head on a swivel out there. Last one of the day. Was that Ric Flair on the train? <laughs> 55% say yes, despite Ric Flair vehemently refusing and denying all allegations. <laughs> Listen, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a bad spot. Like, if anything, good for Ric Flair if that was Ric Flair at his age. That's a, it would that's be on brand, egg. right? Like, it, it was a believable thing. Oh, sure. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm, I believe me to be his only alibi for not actually being on that train because I saw him drinking a glass of red wine by himself watching SportsCenter at the hotel bar here in Tampa. And, you know, he gave us a woo as he walked by. I wasn't going to oh, go did ask he? him like, oh, yeah, no, because uh, the people that I was sitting with goes, hey, Nate, and he just turns around and goes, woo. <laughs> <laughs> This is a real song. Oh man, I did not know that. So, do any do any trains leave Tampa Bay? Are there any trains coming out of anywhere in Florida? Yeah, there's one right downtown that runs by my hotel oh, okay. at like four in the morning. Because if there so, wasn't, you could just send him that picture and be like, "This is your alibi." It's it's possible, but uh, listen, I I am proud of Rick, if if it was in fact Ric Flair, which again he is vehemently denied. I am proud of him because at his age, uh, any kind of any kind of activity in that way, shape, or form. It's impressive. And we'll leave it there. <laughs> I wish I could say you were done with me, but Blaine and Mickey's coming up next, and I'm on that damn show too because I can't stop talking in front of microphones. You guys have been fantastic all week. Again, thanks so much. Thanks to our friends at Scoreboard Bar and Grill for making our coverage from Tampa Bay possible. The coverage will continue with preseason action between the Titans and the Bucks on Saturday. We'll talk to you then.